You're listening to the Toledo City Paper. Reader and radio listener. Voted Best of Toledo 2022. The best radio show and best podcast. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. On air, online, anytime, on demand at your fingertips, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, Audible on Amazon. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash randomosity podcast. We're also on X, that place formerly known as Twitter, randomosity, T-O-L. My name is Dr. J. Thomas. This is the First Amendment comedy series online exclusive for the program. And yes... We are here finally. We had a number of technical issues, which we will address in just a second. But before I do, I got to address something that um, <laughs> it just blows my mind. Um, and I, I, I don't know why I feel the need to. But hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and do it anyways. Um, you know, our program here, uh, Randomosity, Toledo's only final radio show, was voted Best of Toledo 2022 uh, for Best Radio Show and Best Podcast by uh, you, the listeners of this program, and the readers of the Toledo City Paper, and a number of other online uh, institutions uh, and groups, shall we say. Um, recently, something showed up online where, um, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names, but um, somebody decided to go online and say that they heard that they're getting the most votes for, and they rattled it off, to which I decide to take it upon myself to contact the Toledo City Paper directly and address the issue. And uh, I was like, well, you know, hey, look, um, if they get to see their votes, then I want to see mine. And I was assured that, number one, what this individual said was not true and that nobody gets to see their votes and there were no integrity issues and i've been assured that and uh you know got the messages and everything else to prove it but um yeah that was interesting when all of that went down so i just wanted to let everybody know and tell everybody that um we are on the ballot number one to vote and number two there are no integrity issues and um there's no shenanigans or what have you going on with it. And I've been assured that by the people at the Toledo City Paper and what this individual said was not true. So please, if you get a chance uh, between now and December 15th at 11.59, go vote for Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show for best radio show and best podcast. We're up for it again. We're trying to go back to back. You can check it out at ToledoCityPaper.com. Pull up Best of Toledo. We're under media and you'll go find us there. Vote every day, once a day between now and December 15th at 11.59 p.m. for Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show and help us go back to back. Well... We had some technical issues, as I said earlier, getting to this point. Here's what happened. When we were getting ready to do the show for Sam Kinison, all of a sudden I looked over and I was like, um, I smell what smells like an electrical fire. And sure enough, my tower was smoking. Unplugged it real quick and uh, popped open the tower and it was like... I don't know what a volcano looks like in person when it uh, erupts, but the smoke coming out of this was not good. Turns out 
I blew a power supply on my main production computer that I use for uh, all the shows. So thus, it took us a while to get here. We had to go through a bad power supply to get to a good power supply. And now we are back in business. And I just want to say thank you to all of you out there for hanging in there with us. We really do appreciate it. It means a lot to us. And thank you to the folks who helped underwrite this series. The folks at Crumbly Comedy, they got this great show going on. December 13th, Ernest Brew Works. They got Wesley Ward from Detroit, Madison Thomas coming in. Uh, one from Detroit, one from New Orleans. So you get that uh, different style of comedy from different parts of the country. Tickets are on sale right now at claptix.com. That's C-L-A-P-T-I-X.com. $15 online, $20 at the door. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 8 o'clock. And I'm here to tell you, this this would make a great Christmas gift. Early Christmas gift. You get it to your friends. It's like, hey, you know what? Thank you for putting up with me and all of my chicanery throughout the year. <laughs> Go watch a comedy show. <laughs> Ernest Brew Works is where it's going to take place December 13th. Wesley Ward, Madison Thomas brought to you by the folks at Crumbly Comedy. $15 online, $20 at the door. Claptix.com is where you can go, or you can go at the door. Um, <clears throat> But I'm going to tell you right now, you want to get these tickets early and you want to get them often because this show is going to sell out. It's 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 going to be packed. You're going to want to get them early. Trust me now. On to the program here. All right. You know, we talked before about Sam Kinison um, and we also talked uh, on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash randomosity podcast that we're going to go back to back here and how we're going to do this because it's like, man, where do you go? How do you do this? You know, who goes first? Who goes last? Well, I feel it's only proper that Richard Pryor, being the influence he was, is the headliner for this particular event. Sam Kinison is going to open it up for us. And interestingly enough, that's kind of how it went to begin with. You see, legend has it that when Sam Kinison, who, by the way, is a former preacher um, within that uh, world, decided that he was done with the ministry um, and he was going to pursue a different line of work, he went to a stand-up comedy show. And the rumor is it, uh, rumor has it rather, that that took place at the comedy store. And he walks in and Richard Pryor was on stage and he was there with, I don't know, wife number two, three, four, five, six, whatever. And he sits there and the show gets done and he, turn, he turns to her and he says, this is what I need to be doing. And it was Richard Pryor that influenced him to get into the world of stand-up comedy. And when you hear his work, you'll hear a lot of Pryor influences. You know, Richard Pryor influenced a number of comics, uh, white, black, all demographics, shapes, sizes, what have you. Sam Kinison did the same thing, but Kinison did it in a different vein. You see, Kinison was a part of this group of comics called the Rock and Roll Comics back in the 80s. You know, you had people like, uh, you know, your Dennis Leary's. Uh, this is when Lenny Clark started to really come about from the Boston area out there. Stephen Wright. Uh, who was a little more calm, of course. But Kinnison and Clay were the two big rock and roll comics, and there was a huge, huge rivalry there. But what made Sam Kinnison stand out among I, the crowd, in my personal opinion, was Sam Kinnison 
brought real life experiences and real life things into his act and made jokes about them and found the humor in them. He talked about being married and how he was divorced and talked about being in the ministry and he talked about God. He made jokes about God on stage and oh my God, that's blasphemy. And he talked about when he was a preacher and you know, this, that and the other. And he, um, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, was a huge, huge fan of Sam Kinison. You know, Kinison was one of those guys that, regardless of what you felt about dirty comedy, as it's sometimes called, or X-rated comedy, you couldn't help but laugh at some of Kinison's jokes. Kinison told you from his perspective, how he felt about things. And that was the one similarity I think that really took place between he and Richard Pryor was Pryor used his real life on stage. Kinnison did the exact same thing. And you're about to hear that in what we're going to present to you today, because what we are going to play for you right now has been considered uh, what put Kinnison on the map. In fact, it was referred to, interestingly enough, by Rodney Dangerfield, spoken about earlier. He even said this was the greatest stand-up comedy show he ever saw in his life recorded 1987 at the roxy theater in los angeles it's also made into a uh, hbo special or a uh, showtime special i believe and it's called breaking the rules and you're gonna uh you're gonna hear kennison raw and uncut in the way that put him on the map in every way shape form and fashion we'll be right back uh to talk a little bit more about sam and his influence on the world of comedy and, and some other things as well so don't you go anywhere here we are folks finally getting it all started and kicked off with sam kinnison from 1987 at the roxy theater on randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show my name is dr j thomas ladies and gentlemen the doctor is in. I'm Marie Marnie. I'm Sam Kinnison's mother. That's a mouthful. But I'm very proud to be Sam's mother. Sam was very different, and he was sort of a little uh, rebellious concerning life and the church and ministry. He never liked a lot of the confined religious rules that we had. I've done it, brother. I've done it. I've screamed at God at the top of my lungs because that's how much I believe in him. Amen. That's how personal I feel like my relationship is. If I can't be myself with the Father, then I'm going to stop preaching this gospel. see some of you made the show, huh? All right. Oh, shit. A little bit of a vision. Look at you. Twins. Nasty fucking little twins. God. Oh, you're cruel. You're a cruel bastard sometimes. <laughs> Well, I think we have careers in show business for these two ladies right here. That'll be our first prize. I love women, man. I always have loved fucking women. Sometimes it gets you in trouble, you know. 
It's like this Reagan thing with Reagan, the Iran deal. I know how he feels. I feel bad about these guys. He fucked up. Come on. You know, I've been caught in an affair before. It's no fun, you know, but you figure after you admit it, you know, all right, I, I did it. You know, just let, you know. Women are never satisfied with that. It's never enough to just go, I cheated on you. I'm sorry. That's all I want to know. Did you fuck her? Did you fuck her? How many times you heard that one, guys? You know, do you go, yes. Yes, I did. You think that's the end of it? Then like a day later, it's like, did she suck your dick? Ha! Tell me, you cheating son of a bitch. You was listen, you fucking primate. Did, did, did she let you fuck her in the ass? Huh? Did she do all of it? That's the way America is, you know. It's like, it ain't enough these guys are went, all right, we fucked up. We're going like, you know, rub their faces in it. Come on, who had the money? Where's the missing Iranian? I screwed up one time, really big in this town a couple years ago. I had this girlfriend, and uh, she was a real nice girl. I just came out of my second marriage, and I'm seeing this girl, and uh, I had about eight affairs on her in one year. And, uh, and I felt real bad about it, because she was paying the rent. And I felt like a real male whore, you know? I felt like a real, just. And uh, I couldn't live with it anymore. But it was tough, folks. You know, I'm a comedian, I'm in show business, and then, I'd be working at the club, you know. Women wait for you after the show and they come up to you and they go, you know, I, I know you have a girlfriend, so we'll be real discreet. We'll uh, go to my house. Nobody will know about it. We'll get high, we'll light some incense. I'll light a couple candles and I'll give you head while you read aloud out of a book of 100-year-old erotic stories. <laughs> you know anyone, yeah? Uh, well, I'd like to go, but uh, you know my girlfriend's on a period and she's home worried about the cable vision bill, so I'm gonna go and be a sexual disappointment there, but uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that exciting offer, but I'm gonna be a good boyfriend and go home. Yeah, sure, folks, come on. Come on, I just got out of the ministry. I wanted to taste it all! <laughs> well, life, you know what I'm saying. Don't get an answer, you know, so I... I sat her down, I said, listen, I gotta tell you the truth. I've had like eight affairs on you in the last year and I feel real bad about it. And uh, I don't blame you for breaking up with me. If you wanna break up with me, break up with me. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you. And I feel like such a fucking jerk, you know? And she's crying, don't go, don't go. You know, and I'm hearing this and I'm going, I can't believe this. This is love. This woman's gonna forgive me. It's gonna be better than it ever was. I'm gonna be a good man. Yeah, this woman has convinced me love is real. People can forgive each other and go on unaffected, man. I really got into it. I came home. I was the nicest guy. I didn't cheat anymore. I felt so good about myself. And in four months, this fucking vicious bitch. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear the last part when she was crying. It said, don't go because I, I haven't got you back yet. <laughs> I didn't hear that part, and uh, so I'm this, you know, I'm Mr. Nice Guy, I'm buying this fucking bullshit. It's gonna be the same as it ever was, yeah. She forgave me, yeah, I'm in New York, I gotta fly back to LA, I can just now talk about this. <laughs> oh. I'm flying, this was two years ago, oh, I remember the fucking 
flying back from New York. It's two years ago. I did drugs in. Oh, oh, oh they see through me. They see through me. So, <laughs> so I'm flying from New York. I'm trying to relax myself because I know it's going to be five and a half hours drive. Flight, you know, so I'm higher than shit, you know. Smoked a couple of joints. I'm seeing Aztec temples and shit, you know. I'm wandering around the, the Newark airport going, where's, where's gate 56? Call <laughs> me to gate 56. And this wonderful woman, she, she packed my luggage for me. And in my back, she packed a loaded 38. That's what this vicious little fucking bitch that forgave me and everything was gonna be the same. So I'm going through customs, you know, or whatever that the x-ray thing. I walk through the box, now that's going on, wait for my bag, and all of a sudden, he's got a gun! He's got a fucking gun! So I'm turning around here, I'm going, I'm gonna see some real shit, man. <laughs> Somebody's trying to smuggle a gun through her. I turn around, there's four federal officers going, you want to get your, you want to step away from the luggage rack, please, sir? Step away from the luggage rack! So I'm looking around, I'm going, no! <laughs> that fucking whore! Oh yeah, she forgave me, yeah! Oh, I cheated on her a little bit, sure! One night stands, nobody she knew, but I didn't have to go to federal prison! For seven years, I could be some guy's roommate and put on a dress and shoes and dance! Man, women can be vicious, man. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I still love them, what are you gonna do? I still love women. But I learned one thing, guys, don't tell the truth. Don't tell the truth. Fuck the truth. The truth never kept anybody together, ever. Lies keep you together. Lies enhance your relationship. They enhance your love. Get out of that bed every morning and go, Still love you, honey! Oh, am I glad I got married! I wish I didn't have to work so I could stay here and fuck you all day! I mean, lie, man. Lie your ass up. You're as pretty as when we met. <laughs> Love ya. You'll stay together for 50 years. You start doing that truth shit. Oh, man. Oh, it's the toughest. It's the worst. You don't want to do that, folks. It's tough to make it work, man. Relationships are a bench. I don't know, I've had, I've had a share. Well, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta figure out what makes each other come. That's after the restaurants, what kind of movies do you like? Who do you know in this town? You know, you know all that shit. Gets down to what does it take to make each other come? You know? I, think for, uh, I think for guys, I don't think we make it that tough, ladies. I, think, I don't think we make it that hard. It isn't like you need an instructional manual to work with us, we're pretty cooperative. I don't think we put up a lot of trouble. Just stick it in somewhere! Oh, oh. Ah, I love women, there's nothing else to do. There's no other alternative, I know. Uh, 
you know? A lot of people go say, Sam, you're in Hollywood. What? What, a, woman, a woman's broke your heart? Well, here, suck a dick. <laughs> hey, God damn it, you've been hurt. You deserve it. This bus for you, dog. Go ahead. Yeah, like that's the alternative. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> a woman's broke your heart. Well, where can I learn how to swallow a sword? <laughs> yeah, it's a little tough for me, folks. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from that Bible. I'm from one of the, one of the notches in the Bible Belt. <laughs> what a name, the Bible Belt. <laughs> I love those churches out there, man. <laughs> I saw one the other day, it says, we're at the church where everybody's somebody, but Jesus is Lord! <laughs> oh, I know they messed around with this guy's book. I read the Bible. I know they messed around with this guy's book. They did, man. The guy was under too much stress. You know, he could heal. That's a pain in the ass. The sick will find you wherever you go. If you can heal, you've got a new full-time job, folks. They'll find your ass. You can't take a piss. Cause oh, Jesus! Are you in here? You got a minute to look at this? Blind guys are coming in and go, where is he? Where is he? Talk to me, pal. Where, who's the guy with the gift? Like, yeah, I'll be right back. Can you hold on? Shit, I'm about to, you know. You got a minute, 5,000 people would show up with no food, and he'd go, what? Huh? 5,000 of you don't want to be bought a sandwich? No, let me get it! <laughs> Lepers would come up and go, well, you know, the whole thing fell off, but they said you're the best. <laughs> they said all you have to do is speak the word, and it'll grow out, and I, you know, came a long way. So you know this guy had those days. It's just like, oh, man, I see another leper. I'm going to throw up! <laughs> Trying to hang out. That's why I think the Last Supper, I know they doctored that up. Come on. You know, he was under the pressure. These guys are fucking confused. They're going, is it I? Am I the one that's going to betray you? Am I the one that's going to betray you? He's going, oh, oh, you guys me favor, eat me! Here's your last supper! Sup on this, So they're writing the Bible. They're going, oh, God, we can't write this. We can't say Jesus lost it at the Last Supper and told his disciples to eat him. He said, eat me, he grabbed his dick and said, this is your last supper, sup on this. We can't write that. Here, wait, wait, I know what we'll do, I know what we'll do. I know what we'll do, here we go. May you eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, or you have no life in you. Does that work with you guys? You like that? Let's go with that. Let's say that he said, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, or he has no life in you. Hey, doctor, that book. <laughs> He didn't even know they were writing one. That's how fucking secret this book was. But I used to preach. I used to study the Bible. It's a pretty fascinating book. People go, Sam, do you think you could do it again? Do you think, think you could ever be able to preach again? Do you think there's anything left inside you that has any good to it? That could shine a light into somebody's lost way? Do you think if you had to, if your soul was riding on the line and you had to you had to make a commitment. If it was a final answer, what would you do? Well, what a rush! Woo! 
I don't know, I guess maybe I could, I don't know, but, uh, see how much energy it takes? Fuck. These guys don't do that anymore. Now they're smooth, you know. Now they have amusement parks and satellites. Lord told me to get a satellite. This guy didn't own a horse, but he wants them to have a satellite. This guy had to walk at night because he didn't have a pair of shoes, and these fuckers are like, I don't know. Pat Robertson, the Lord told me to run for president. Yeah, I bet he did. Well, <laughs> the Lord must want to make you look like a complete ass in the political arena, huh? <laughs> He's gonna have a fun night. He's gonna be driving home election night going, yeah, we just see him. Yeah, great! Thanks for making me look like a fucking ass! Oh, where's the nearest bar? I'm gonna beat some of these kids. Get over here! I'm ready to live! <laughs> Oh, is he gonna be pissed? Oh, God's up in heaven going, <laughs> yeah, I got bored. I got bored, so I told Pat Robertson to run for president. Ah, watch this, watch him do it, watch him do it. <laughs> he probably has a lot of fun there. Hey, hey, tonight, tonight, tonight I'm gonna wake him up about three in the morning and have him take his tire pressure. Watch this. <laughs> Pat, Pat is the Lord. Yeah, I want you to go out and check your tire pressure. <laughs> Get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Guess the Lord likes to have a good laugh once in a while. <laughs> Jesus had a tough life, boy. I read about that guy. Jesus is the only guy that ever came back from the dead that didn't scare the fuck out of everybody, man. <laughs> He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, oh! Oh, I just saw some fucker crawl out of this grave! I don't believe I'm seeing this shit! Did you see that? This guy just crawled out of his box through the earth! People are losing and going, oh, oh! Oh, the dead live! The dead live! Oh, get a steak, put a steak! Jesus comes back, he doesn't get any pressure. No static, nobody's upset. He climbs out, he's walking around, nobody's upset. They can eat with him and everything, <laughs> you know? It's like, isn't that guy dead? Yeah, but he's real stubborn, man, he won't accept it. Pass the butter. What are they staring at? Ah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I read it, folks. I read that book. He's on the cross. There's 30, 40 Christians standing around going, it's a shame that he has to die. And Jesus is going, well, maybe I wouldn't have to. Somebody get a ladder and a pair of pliers. A ladder, a pair of pliers. Could have been a different book, folks. Little concentration, that's all I'm gonna tell you. But I read the resurrection story. If you ever have some chance, if you ever have a time to read this, what an amazing story. Guy's dead for three days, he comes back, you know. None of his friends uh, shook up about it. He comes back with a whole new message and shit, you know. I'm reading this, and it's, it's an exciting story, but I read it and I thought, I know Jesus was never married. 
Guy never had a wife. No, he was never married. Because no wife would buy this story in 100 years. The disciples will, the believers will. No wife would buy this fucking story. Good luck. Good luck with this story. First of all, he leaves on Friday afternoon with 12 other guys. <laughs> He's, gone. <laughs> He's gone for three days. No message. No way to get in touch with her. He comes home Monday afternoon looking like he hasn't slept. He... Seems like he's partied out, man. And Mrs. Jesus is just waiting, going, oh, okay, I guess it's day three of this shit. Right. Well, I'm glad you can find your way home, Savior. Where's your 12 friends who won't get a job? How are they? Yeah, disciples, my ass. They're losers. Every one of them are using it. You're not even smart enough to know it. Anybody says, I believe, we put them up and feed them. I'm saying, where are you at? Jesus is going, oh, I don't need this shit. <laughs> not after what I went through this weekend. Uh, no, honey, I'll tell you where I've been. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'll tell you where I've been. First of all, not that, uh, not that it ruined your weekend any, but I was dead! <laughs> Sitting here on your ass, I'm in a grave outside of town. I'm fighting death, hell, decomposure. I'm about to come in a spiritual form and go in the kingdom of God. I go, wait a second, I better go back because she doesn't know where I've been. So now I gotta fight the angel of death, get my fucking soul back, crawl out of a grave, come on to this shit because I missed you, honey. I don't know if Jesus has actually spoken in an audible voice to anybody in about 2,000 years, folks. I think his last words may have been, Oh, ah! Oh, not the other one! Oh, you jerk! No! <laughs> it may have been his last words. I'm not sure. Yeah, people say, you think Jesus is coming back? Sure. Sure. What's it been? What's it been, 2,000 years? Boy, I sure don't want to dampen anybody's optimism here. It's only 2,000 fucking years. Yeah, he's coming back. He's gonna do game shows. They're gonna go, Jesus, this is your life. Remember this noise? All right, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Give me a second. He's up in heaven right now. They're going, why don't you go back down to earth? Be a symbol of peace and love to the world, help. And he's going, yeah, yeah, sure. Help, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to help. Tell him I'll be there as soon as I can play the piano again. Thanks a lot. I mean, the only savior that can use his hand is a fucking whistle. Receiving a Grammy nomination in 1988 for the single Wild Thing, which can be found at the very tail end of Side B of the 1988 album Have You Seen Me Lately, um, it really helps solidify him in the world of not just comedy, but crossover into the world of rock and roll. It was a very different time in society, a very different time in culture. MTV was all the rage. I mean, I remember in 1988, I was six years old, and you could turn on MTV at any point during the day and night 
night and not only were you seeing videos from you know the the standard bearers of the time late 80s rock and roll like you know poison and bon jovi and um a number of other acts i mean motley Crue was still all the rage i think they were about to put out dr feelgood i mean there were so many bands you know and it was such a fun time in not just rock but comedy and entertainment as a whole you know it was back before people started taking things um so so seriously and people you know were getting canceled for what they said yeah recently on the dark side of comedy there was a special done on sam kennison and paulie shore was interviewed whose uh mom interestingly enough owns the comedy store in los angeles and he was uh, asked about Sam and his material, and he said, oh, it's, you know, it's definitely stuff that would get you canceled nowadays. Uh, it's tough to argue that, but I think what would have happened with Kinnison's material, to be honest with you, I think one of two things would have happened. Um, if he couldn't evolve with the material that he was doing and take it into another area to continue to do those shows, I think eventually he would have gotten into acting. Uh, I don't necessarily think he would have gotten back into the ministry, but here's the thing. People don't know this or maybe they've you know it's kind of slipped through the cracks but through all the time that sam kinnison was doing comedy he never really truly left the ministry in fact while he was getting sober he got back into the ministry and he actually went and preached and did sermons i've actually got a copy of a couple of sermons that he did he was a he he was a very underrated preacher for those of you who are into that kind of thing um he was he was he he was good he he was good at the pulpit that's no joke he was a good preacher uh but of course as a comic was where he shined uh there is an album that i'm going to highly recommend you check into it was uh released posthumously yeah, it was material he was working on right before he died it didn't come out till 94 even though he died in april of 92 and the album is called live from hell actually uh won a grammy for it in 94 for best spoken comedy album he finally wins his grammy and he can't enjoy it because he's not alive to do it go figure right but then again you know the grammy people are the same ones who gave millie vanilli you know best new artist <clears throat> and that's all i'm gonna say about that all right back into the material now <laughs> from 1987 <laughs> brought to you in part by the people at crumbly comedy for our first amendment comedy series online only on randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show see ya in just a little while people are going man aren't you afraid you uh Afraid to tell jokes like that? Don't you have just a small chill that runs through your fucking blood when you tell a story or jokes like that? No. No, folks, because uh, I'm not worried about hell. You go, just think about go to hell? No, no. Because I was married for two fucking years! Hell would be like clubbing! Hell would be like a fucking resort, man. Matter of fact, have you been married? It ruins the devil's whole job. He's blown out, he's pissed off. You make him look like a Ronald McDonald with big feet and orange hair. You guys know, you're walking down the hall, you're going to hell, he sees you coming, he goes, oh yeah, here's somebody. Here's somebody I'm gonna scare the shit out of and torment, all right. What? Oh, you've been married? Let me take this shit off, hold on. 
No, they didn't tell me. Yeah. Well, come on in. I'll give you the tour anyway. There won't be any surprises here for you, but I'll show you around. Come on in. <laughs> See, over here is where we uh, torment the soul. Whoa. Well, shit, man, if you've been married, uh, if you've been married, it's just, it's not very much I can scare you with down here. You've seen it. It's... What? What, you've been married twice? <laughs> would, would, you, would you like a job down here, huh? Because <laughs> if you've been married twice, you qualify for our job employment program here now. We figure anybody who's been married twice can be a tour guide in hell. You can be a tour guide. You can take your own groups. Folks, stick with me. I've been married twice. I know this place pretty fucking well. And I won't lose you on this one, all right? Hold on. Oh, marriage is tough. Fuck, it's so fucking tough. I went through two of them. And if I get married again, I want a guy there with a drum set to do rim shots during the vows. <laughs> do you promise to take her in sickness and in health? I sure do. <laughs> That's not nice. Who's doing that? <laughs> Till death do you part, of course. <laughs> hey, this isn't a vaudeville. <laughs> this is my marriage vows. Hey. It's tough to stick together, folks. I don't know. I respect people that can make it work, man. I've been through it a few times. and I set myself up for it. I know that. I, do. I get some really... I go for the fucking women that are just going to rip my heart out. I'm attracted to heartbreakers. I am. I love those women. You go up to them and they go, hi, hi there, hi. Listen, is, is that your heart? That's my kind of girl. And the ones that are really honest about it, you know, I like those. The girls will just tell you right up front, I'm not gonna hurt you like the others. No. No, I'm gonna show you a whole new fucking level of emotional pain. They were amateurs, but you're gonna beg for those bitches by the time I get through with you. First, I'm gonna fuck all your friends. <laughs> Every single one of your friends, I'm gonna fuck them. <laughs> Guys, you've known for 10 years. And then I'm gonna leave you about seven, dollars $8,000 in debt. And uh, ruin your credit, get your phone disconnected, and just for kicks, I'm not talking to giving me your car! <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. God, it's tough. It's so imagine it's tough to be married in this town, especially Hollywood. Jesus. Because I tell you, if you want to meet interesting women, if you want to meet that neurotic ball of psychosis, psychotic bitch you've been waiting for your whole life, this is the town. Psycho bitch headquarters of the entire world, right here, Hollywood, California. There's women that have gone around and they're two days away from having a fucking breakdown and they're just waiting for a new guy to come in their life that they can blame it on. <laughs> I've been to parties and again, can I call you sometime? Sure, sure. Well, here, why don't you call me? Here's my number. Okay, thank you. Nice meeting you. You go on the next day again. Why haven't you called? You say you're gonna call somebody. You gotta call him, you son of a bitch. I waited for you. I said hi to you at a fucking party. <laughs> they have to fucking lunch here, man. There's, they're just waiting for a guy that they can blame their whole fucked up miserable life on. <laughs> you're running about 10 of those. And there's no place better to do it than next door 
at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Whoa. <laughs> Where the possessed go to mingle. Yeah, where demons go to hang. Hey, man, how are you? I know, I should get, I should get the good kind of woman, I know that. I should get a woman that's just gonna be there, be my friend, we'll be love mates and partners. And, but women like that scare me, you know, if they're too good, they're really scary. Really, seriously, because I've seen women that don't cheat, they don't flirt on you. They're, they're, they're lovely, they're wonderful, they're faithful, they're committed. They're right there for you, but they do one sneaky fucking little thing. What they do is they put like five to seven pounds on a year. Nothing you notice immediately. <laughs> Nothing you notice right off, boy. And then about nine or ten years, you realize you're living with their mom! Oh! Oh! oh you fucking bitch! You tricked me! You didn't tell me you were gonna look like this, you fucking bitch! Oh, oh, oh demon, demon! You five to seven pounds a year trick, man. That's <laughs> scary, ain't it, man? What are you gonna do? Give sheep the vote? What the fuck are you gonna do, folks? There's no. You can't give sheep the vote. I tried. I thought maybe we could do it. We're Americans. We get some crazy shit done. I thought maybe we'd, we'd get on a fucking tangent on this sheep thing. And uh, I thought maybe in 20 years. The sheep could be part of our culture. We could teach it to talk like us, give it the vote, find it places to live, find them jobs. Come on, we did it for the Vietnamese. <laughs> That's one of those jokes people go, ah, God damn it, we did. I feel sorry for these Vietnam vets, man. That must be wild. 15 years ago, you're on the trail. <laughs> oh, God, let's go, fuck. It's 15 years later now, these same guys gotta go, yeah, give me, give me $6 worth of unleaded on pump number four. <laughs> yeah, you look familiar to me too, pal, all right? So, good to see you over here. Glad you made the trip, motherfucker. <laughs> this is couples tonight. A lot of fucking people together here tonight. That's great. I'm not in a relationship right now. As you can tell, you can tell by this outfit, this isn't how you go, this isn't how you dress to go out and meet women. This is how you dress when you're waiting for that school bell to ring. <laughs> this is the, I'm waiting to give somebody a walk look. And, uh... <laughs> but if you guys are in love, God bless you. I hope it's wonderful, guys. Show them more sexual attention. Make these women happy, I'm serious. Make them happy, show them more sexual attention. As a matter of fact, take the time that you're spending on them right now, sexually. The time that you're spending on them right now, take it and times it by two. Double the time you're spending with them sexually. Seriously, be like, fuck the shit on them. Use their hair like the bridle of a horse. <laughs> I know some guys are going, Sam, we're a little awkward, we're a little backward. Is there something you can do to help us? Is there something you can tell us that will further us along in our sexual adventures with women? Yes. Yeah, there is, guys, because I understand your plight. 
I do, because I tell you what, sex education in this country really sucks for men. Men don't have sex, adequate sex education in America. We don't. <laughs> Guys are on their own. <laughs> uh, Mr. Hugh Hefner, ladies and gentlemen, the reason all of us have sexual fantasies Oh, this would, have did a, this would have been a whole different world without you, pal, I'll tell you that. We'd all be learning how to make ashtrays and taking shop class seriously and shit like that, you know? We'd have been working on engines and there I got my... Uh, yeah, man, but basically guys in this country are on their own. Nobody helps us. Women have all kinds of information. Women have that little talk from mom when they're about 12, and she goes, Hi, you know, there's gonna be a lot of biological changes coming up in your body. And, uh, you know, they get a fucking gynecologist, they get all these pamphlets, the health classes, they're a lot more graphic about what they talk about in their sexual adventures. Guys get that! This is what guys get. We get dick, man, nobody helps us. Guys in this country, when it comes to sex, are on their own. Were we on our own, guys? Yeah. Nobody helped us. I guarantee you the first time, every guy in this room, the very first time they had to lick pussy, they were on their own. Was anybody there, guys? No. No, we were on our own. We didn't know what we were doing. We were bluffing. We hoped it felt good. We hoped it was right. We didn't know. Nobody helps you figure this shit out. We didn't get any pamphlets from the fucking government. Mom and dad are no fucking roadmap. What are you gonna do? Ask them for sexual advice, help yourself. You go, mom, dad, you know, I met this girl and she really is special. And I really wanted to make an impression on her. So I was wondering, could you help me out? How, how do you lick pussy? Just give me some hints. Give me some, uh, some of the pops I could use. And uh, yeah, sure, help yourself. Nobody helps you, man. You gotta figure this shit out on your own. Women won't help you. Women won't help you. Women won't give you a fucking clue. They enjoy your awkwardness. You can lick a woman's pussy the wrong way for five years and she won't tell you. She won't tell you. No, she just laid there with that sexually frustrated look on her face. Like, She won't tell you. She'll tell everybody else. She'll tell her mom, her girlfriends, her hairdresser, her little sisters, everybody else, man. Well, he's just not sensitive. He doesn't know my needs. He doesn't know enough to shave and make his face smooth. And he doesn't hold me after I come. But she won't tell you. That's why guys are on their own. That's why I try to help. Because I've been through this, folks. I've learned the hard way. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I'm just trying to help, I swear to God. Just trying to help, fucking A, man, trying to help. Yo, Sam, how can we do it? How can we do it? If no one will help us. Well, this is why I came back, guys, because most guys don't know what they're doing. They're awkward. We don't know. We have to be shown, ladies. You have to tell us. You have to show us. Most guys lick pussy like they're painting a fucking fence. They don't know what they're doing. They've got one stroke with it. 
the girls go, Jesus Christ, we're being licked or weatherproof. Hey! This is why, guys, I have a secret for you that'll transform you tonight. You walk out of here tonight, not, not just your average person. You guys are going to want my dream. I'll just be honest here, can't we? Everybody has a dream. Mine isn't for world peace. Mine isn't that all people should live in one, all that shit. Mine is that every guy walks out of here tonight knowing how to lick pussy better than he ever has in his entire life. This moment, but I'd like to see every guy here walk out of these doors like an oriental lick master from the forest. <laughs> yeah. Say, Sam, how can that happen? How is it possible? Well, the next time you have a woman that you want to impress, you want to show her the most exciting sexual time of her life. You want to be the darkest chapter in her sexual diary. <laughs> you have to make a statement about yourself as a lover. She deserves 100% of your sexual creativity. What you do is lick the alphabet. <laughs> Just lick the alphabet. That's all you gotta do. Big capital letters, fucking, it's an easy guy diagram to remember. Big capital letters go, she thinks you're from Europe or something. She's like, oh, God, where did he learn that? Oh, oh. You're A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. It works! It works. I know there's some doubters. I see the faces. I see guys who go, Sam, this alphabet thing has some humor to it. But uh, I'm a pretty confident lover. I don't need this stuff. I have my own style. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Well, let me make it bad, okay? How about the next time you lick pussy, whether it's in three years, three months, or in three hours, the next time you have to lick a woman, guess what little thought's gonna walk through your mind? <laughs> Let me show you how the subliminal thought process works, guys. You're gonna be licking away, and you're gonna hear the haunting theme. Now I know my That's the haunting alphabet thing. That's right, Sam Kennison. God damn it. The alphabet. I was doing a W and I didn't even know it. <laughs> and when I'm down here, why don't I write a letter to Santa? <laughs> yeah, shit. I don't know. But what else are you gonna do? I mean, I'm not gay. I don't want to put the gay lifestyle down. Oh, they see through me again. I didn't pull it off. Oh, shit. <laughs> what am I supposed to do, folks? Pretend. Am I supposed to pretend I understand it? Then let's pretend. Let's pretend. I'm from Illinois. From the Midwest. It's a little much for me to grasp. It's a little for me to take it. How does a guy look at another guy's hairy ass and fall in love? How does that work? Yes, I knew it would come along. They told me I was a fool to dream, that I was a fool to believe, but I knew someday I'd find the guy's smelly, hairy ass that was just for me. I've had a lot of guys' sweaty balls on my face, but this is love. This is love. 
No, it's a guy's hairy ass. What am I supposed to do? Pretend? And AIDS has really made it a popular sport, huh? It did have any homosexual fantasies. The fucking AIDS thing pretty much put that fucking fire out, huh? Well, you know, I was thinking about tasting a dick sometime in my life, but, well, I don't know, when they bring, <laughs> you bring in that high risk factor and, uh, yeah, it's always nice, you know, I mean, it wasn't like the gay community wasn't without social persecution before this disease. It isn't exactly like they were being greeted by veterans by whom, well, there's one! God bless you, buddy! Keep up the fight! It wasn't like they were being encouraged in their, in their cause, you know, but, AIDS is really, oh man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for giving us the Black Plague of the 80s! Thanks! It's always nice to have to go to a public restroom and use your foot for everything. If I can open the door, you know, flush the toilet, turn on the sink, you know. No hands, man. No fucking hands. I know I don't do enough, uh, I don't do my part on AIDS research. Probably a lot of you guys don't either. It's tough. They're raising money. I should get more money than I do, but I just can't seem to find any at the end of the month. I sit around with that extra 30, $40 in my pocket, and I go, now what do I want to do? Do I want to help AIDS research? Do I want to give this so they're going to find a cure for AIDS or keep Cablevision and all the movie channels? the fucking HBO. I've got to go with fucking movie channels here. Sorry, guys. You know, maybe if I had a second income with a little more cash, but I need my titty channels. All right, so, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know how much this research money is actually getting to AIDS. I don't know. You know, these guys are researchers. They don't, you don't know what to do with that cash. We don't know. Come on. They have to cure everything. So they may be going, you know, it's not like, it's not like we're losing fucking military men here. Uh, may want to push this box over there towards lung cancer and muscular dystrophy reasons. <laughs> we're giving you the money. How come there's no cure? Jesus, will you hurry up? We're getting weak. My, I'm seeing dead relatives. Will you hurry up? Jesus. <laughs> you know, people go, Sam, where did all this compassion come from, huh? Mr. Nice Guy. Ah, uh, well, I love women. If I don't, when I talk about that shit long enough, I fall in love with them again. Ah, uh, ah, uh, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to do. Boy, I'll tell you some scary stuff, though. I read the darkest, sickest thing I've ever read in my life this summer. Check this out. This is dark. This is it. You go, Sam, Sam, when did we hit the bottom of this interesting sense of humor of yours? This is it. This is ground level, folks. This is the seventh level of granite rock right here. We fucking touched it. I read the paper. They said that a group of homosexual necrophiliacs have been going around to mortuaries offering them money to let them come in at night and spend a couple hours undisturbed with the freshest male corpse. I wasn't trying to sell this as a fucking home game, all right? It's a story I read, folks. Jesus Christ, give me a chance to do some journalistic reporting here, will ya? I felt the same way. I read this thing and went, oh, oh! 
Thanks for the visual! <laughs> hey, I felt sorry for these corpses, man. I mean, you'd think death would be bad enough, wouldn't you? I mean, the one thing that scares the shit out of everybody is death. You don't want to think about it. You don't joke about it. You put it out of your mind. But you figure if you faced it, that's it. What could be worse than fucking death? You figure, I got past death. I mean, you hated it, but at least you lived through it. You know, you got by it and all that shit. I felt sorry for these corpses because I know these guys were laying out on slabs. And they're in there going, well, well, life was tough and uh, that was pretty hard to live up to. And uh, I have I faced death and I'm glad I went through it. And uh, well, I'm just, I'm, now I'm ready to spend eternity in heaven and be with Jesus and rock of ages. Hey. Hey, what's this shit? Oh, I don't believe this. There's a guy's dick in my ass. Oh, you mean life keeps fucking you in the ass even after you're dead? Oh, it never ends. It never ends. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 if you're a man, do you have to... Uh... Do you have to do jokes about fucking the dead, man? It's pretty serious stuff. <laughs> Talk about something a little more socially relevant. No! Nope, I like to talk about things I know a little bit about, folks. And, uh, not proud of everything I've done, but, uh, I know about fucking the dead. I do. I know it's like you stick your dick in a corpse. I was married for two fucking years! such a special night, it's our last show, that I thought it was uh, appropriate to do love song. I wrote this about this girl that I met about five years ago. I was gonna come out with some money, you know, and try to live out here for a while, and uh, I met this girl and I wanted to impress her, you know, so we went through all my cash in about a year. <laughs> then one day she said, you know, Sam, it's, uh, there's something missing from our relationship. I said, uh, well, it wouldn't be the cash by any chance, would it, honey? <laughs> she said, no, uh, we found so many special things about each other. I just, I hate to see it all go to waste because the passion's gone. She says, can't we still like see each other once in a while and uh, have lunch or see a movie or just to be friends? I said, yeah, friends, I think I know what you mean. 
I become some kind of emotional tampon that you need four or five days a month. But no one else will take your fucking bullshit. But we don't fuck, isn't that about right, honey? That's what friends is, we don't fuck, right? She said, well, yeah, that's kind of it. I wrote this song, goes like this. You fucking whore! You used me! You never loved me! I'll be a slide under a gas truck and taste your own fucking blood! Die! 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 I want my records back! I want my fucking records back! I appreciate you coming out, Hollywood! I love you! Good night! very proud of Sam and I'm I know he's happy in what he's doing this makes me happy I'm his mother and I love him Time on demand at your fingertips, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, Audible on Amazon. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash randomosity podcast. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, randomosity T-O-L. And of course, this program uh, in its normal form, when we're not doing um, stuff that we can't do on the air, (laughs) can be found on Owens Community College Radio every Thursday at 1 p.m. Um, you can download the app off Google and Apple. And uh, of course, right now we're on our off season there. We'll be back on the air with brand new shows beginning in the uh, month of January, middle part of January, actually, to be uh, to be more exact. Uh, so stay tuned to our Facebook page for more information on that and uh, what we're going to be doing. And we really hope that you guys have something really um a really cool plan for Christmas, you know, Christmas holidays in effect, the seasons, uh, tis the season to be jolly, shall we say. And of course, if you want to give yourself a good laugh and you want to give somebody an early Christmas present, there's nothing better to give them than tickets to a stand-up comedy show, in my opinion. It's going on December 13th, downtown Toledo, Ernest Brewworks, Wesley Ward from Detroit, Madison Thomas from New Orleans, brought to you in part by our friends at Crumbly Comedy. Tickets on sale right Right now for $15, claptix.com, C-L-A-P-T-I-X dot com. Uh, $20 at the door, uh, but you need to get your tickets early. 
you need to get your tickets early because from what I hear, this show is about to sell out. And let me tell you, this is going to be the stand-up comedy show to end all stand-up comedy shows in Toledo and the surrounding areas before the end of the year. Nobody else has got a show like this going on, people. And it's at a brewery. Come on. It doesn't get much better than that. You can literally go. <laughs> I'll uh, take that double IPA now. You see what I'm saying? It works. Get your tickets now. Claptix.com. $15 online. $20 at the door. Comedy Showcase brought to you in part by Ernest Brewworks, downtown Toledo. Brought to you by the folks at Crumbly Comedy. And they've been so kind and generous to uh, underwrite these programs that we've been doing for First Amendment Comedy. And they've been hanging in there with us. God bless them. Through all of our technical issues. They're such cool people over there. I'm uh, looking forward to the show on the 13th. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a hell of a show. You're not going to want to miss it. And speaking of people that you don't want to miss and people that hopefully you didn't miss before they passed away, Richard Pryor is our headliner today. The man who made it cool to joke about setting himself on fire. <laughs> and I'm not even joking about that. Um, you know, Richard Pryor is one of those guys that crossed boundaries. He uh, broke so much ground. You know, we talked before about Lenny Bruce. And Lenny, of course, needs to be given those at those accolades. He needs to be given his roses for what he did for comedy. As well as people like Moms Mabley and, and to a certain degree Dice, I guess, when it comes to the nightclub style of comedy. But what Richard Pryor did was Richard Pryor took his... He wasn't the first to take real life experiences and use them on stage. But he was the first to take it to the level that he did. And not only did he talk about setting himself on fire, but that was afterwards. That was later. That was later. What he became known for was in the early to mid 70s. He starts talking about the drug culture. He starts talking about his girlfriends, his wives. He starts talking about his mistresses doing drugs. He talked about doing cocaine in front of his mother and about how she went <laughs> she went ballistic over it and about how he, he had to dump it all down the toilet right in front of her. You know, I mean, this was groundbreaking. You don't even see comedy like this nowadays. He talked about and this was the, the the bit that got me into Richard Pryor um, was from a show he did called Live on Sunset Strip. And how I saw it was late night, one night in the late 90s on Showtime. Uh, my dad had Showtime at the time. And this was back when, you know, you paid, what is it, five, ten bucks for a movie channel. And you would record movies onto videotapes. You know, that was back when that was a big deal. And I set the VCR because I'd never seen Richard Pryor live. And I never had the opportunity to hear him because by the time you get to the late 90s, unless you had his stuff, a lot of his stuff was starting to disappear. So I had an opportunity finally to see him live and I set the VCR and recorded it and I woke up the next Sunday morning and I watched live on Sunset Strip and it starts talking you know, starts off right out of the bat he's on stage and he talks about you know um you know, we we're we're here today to blah, 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 blah. OK, whatever, you know. And then he starts talking about, you know, being back on stage and this and that and the other. And he starts getting into his material. And I'm like, OK, I can get behind this. And then he gets into a bit where he talks about being uh, younger and working in a mafia club. 
and he talks about how the guys were like, ha, 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 and how they start telling murder stories. And like, this guy, Johnny Salami, and, you know, they, 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 they had a thing, you know, talking about you carry, we bury. <laughs> and he starts talking about how this one guy that was giving him problems and they, they went out with him and they got him ready and they talked about now and they stabbed him with the ice pick and they start talking about murder stories and the ice pick breaks. Ah, 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 ah. What's the matter, Rich? You don't look so good. And that hooked me. That was what got me into listening to Richard Pryor. That's what made me a fan. And I couldn't stop listening to him. And the more material I found, the more I got into it. And Richard Pryor, to me, is at the top of the heap. He is the greatest comedian of all time, in my opinion, the most influential. There are a lot of people, and I've said this before with others, but it, it's, it's very, very true with him. Richard Pryor um, is the reason a lot of people have careers from not just that time period, but the next generation and the generation that came after. Each and every single comedian nowadays that is on stage that you love stole something. And I'll straight up say, stole something from Richard Pryor. I, I, I guarantee you, go through their material, you're going to find something like it that Pryor did. He did it first. Pryor made it cool to talk about your heart attack. You'll find that in in the Richard Pryor live on live in concert special. You know, Richard Pryor talked about police brutality in a joking form. Nobody else was doing that. Richard Pryor was unbelievable and you're going to hear that in this material now what we're going to do here is unlike with sam kinnison where we chose a particular concert and a particular show we're going to jump around a little bit we're going to cherry pick with richard Pryor, and we're going to give you a little bit of something from one show a little bit of something from another show we're going to cherry pick different albums and you're going to get a really really good taste in my opinion of what Pryor was all about so ladies and gentlemen without any further ado brought to you in part by the folks at Crumbly Comedy. This is Richard Pryor in his best form on Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show, First Amendment comedy series. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did y'all see The Exorcist? It's a story about the devil. Gets into this 12-year-old girl. Devil's a low motherfucker, Jack. See, there wouldn't have been no movie if there'd been niggas in it. The movie would have been about seven minutes long. Soon as the devil spoke. Hello. Goodbye. See, a nigga would have handled that movie different. The nigga would have walked in the house and went, what in the fuck is that funky smell? And all that racket upstairs. Is the girl crazy? Smell like shit in here. Some devilish shit at that. <laughs> he walk in the room. Bitch, what's wrong with you? Get up out of bed, wash your ass, girl. Stinking up the whole motherfucking house. And get the cross out your pussy. Get downstairs and help your mother straighten up the front room. We have them coming in. See, I get a black preacher to pray the exorcist away. Cause they tight with God. You know God. There's a person here. 
that's possessed. And we was wondering, I know you're busy. I've checked your schedule. And if you don't mind, the devil is just acting a motherfucking fool. Could you exercise this motherfucker to Cleveland someplace? A lot of Chinese people, I shouldn't fuck with them motherfuckers, right? 950 million? Who counted the motherfuckers? You think they had some nigga going, one, two, three. Did you get the one in the red shirt? Let's start over. One, two. That's a lot of motherfuckers waiting for you outside. Right? Say, hey, Rich, 950 million dudes waiting on your ass outside. I can help you with two of them. Chinese fuck quick, too. I thought black people could fuck boy. Them Chinese be fucking for centuries. A billion people, that's some fucking. Black people got some catching up to do. We like to fuck too long. Yeah, black people like to stay in the pussy three and four days. Right, thinking of new ways to fuck. Be talking about, all right, now put your leg. Yeah, get, put your leg around. Now give me your arm. Put, yeah, put your pussy on this ladder. Now. Turn on, yeah, now there it is. Oh shit, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and I just found out something like a, a few years ago, man, that blew my mind. I just found out sometimes women don't have orgasms. That fucked me up. Cause I thought I was doing some serious fucking. I'm talking about where you get the hump in your back and shit, you know? Get all ugly in the face. Sweat and shit be dripping all down, you know? You know. Toes be like this, I'm like, Say, how was it, baby? <laughs> and the women say. I say, what the fuck is it? Well, I didn't come. Say, well, I did. Well, what about me? Say, well, what about you? I got mine, get yours. Maybe it take you too long to go. Well, maybe you come too quick. Huh? Come too quick? Because shit like that fucked me up. Because it's very hard to be sensitive about sex, man. It's scary, man. Can we take our time or something? I don't know, did I go too fast? Oh, look like I was trying to catch a train? Well, I, I can do that sometime, you know, you, have to, you shouldn't stop me, shit, you know. I couldn't stop myself. I wanna take a chance, cause maybe Mike could mean something, you know, maybe we might could be friends or something like that. You know what I mean? It don't matter, you know, cause fuck all this other shit. So you want like maybe we take a bath or something and talk or some shit. I don't know what to do. Watch television. Maybe we don't have to fuck. I don't give a fuck, but I'm just trying to be human with you like you are with me, okay? And trying to stop all the other shit. What did what he say? <laughs> no, cause usually, man, you have to be so macho with a woman right now. Fucked your brains out, didn't I? 
You're goddamn right I did. And women play that old role, too. Women go, oh, yes, it's all I ever imagined. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other men here used to be like me, but I didn't know a goddamn thing about foreplay. I get to one play, maybe. Because I didn't have no time to be kissing on the toes and shit. I wanted to get the buzzy in case it got away. No foreplay. I had time for one or two plays. That was it. Three and four was dead. And I hear people say, dudes always used to tell that lie, right? They'd be talking about, I fuck eight, nine hours, Jack. You a lying motherfucker. I can do about three minutes of serious fucking. And then I need eight hours of sleep. and a bowl of Wheaties. <laughs> and some women are chauvinists as men now. Don't get me wrong, right? They got some women go, oh my God, it's so good. Please don't no more. Please stop. You say, can you wait till I put it in? <laughs> you say, oh, if the air is doing that to the pussy, I'm gonna kill it. become like a challenge and shit when you meet someone don't have an orgasm most men right you pass sensitivity and go right to the ego right you say well bitch you gonna come this evening bleed that shit bring over your equipment and shit be a briefcase let's see two dildos four yamaha vibrators you take all that shit at once and sometimes you just wear out your shit, right? Shit just break. You say, I can't think of anything else. Maybe your pussy is dead. Right, and women always say, well, why don't you give it mouth-to-mouth resuscitation? <laughs> and bring it back to life. You ever give a head for nine hours? <laughs> right, your back locks. <laughs> hey, your head get all sore. <laughs> Lips swell all up. You look like a cartoon, Jackie. I can't do anymore. Please, let go of my ear. I can't fucking do it anymore. And women always say, I almost came. <laughs> Finally, I end up saying, look, I'll be the bitch. You get on top. And she came, too. She said, oh, I'm She said, how was it? I said.
White folks are mad at Ollie, because they are, man. Ollie kicking ass, making money, ain't killed nobody. <laughs> they say, why Ollie's not fighting? It's a circus. Ollie ain't making them other niggas not fight. <laughs> them other motherfuckers, ain't nobody tying them up. <laughs> say, go ahead and fight, motherfucker. Shit. And Ron Loud talking about, I'm not hurt. I'm okay. What'd you stop it for, shit? Loud, he was killing your ass. That's why we stopped it. <laughs> and they talking about, Ollie ain't got no punch. He's steady knocking motherfuckers out. Surprised the shit out of George Foreman, right? Because <laughs> George just knew he was going to win the fight, right? On brute strength, if nothing else, you know. Because George has a unique boxing style. None. <laughs> right? He just comes out, the bell ring, ding! Which one the referee? Because I'm going to kill the other motherfucker. Ollie hit that nigga about nine times. George said, hey, shit. Let me check this out in the corner. Hey, coach. Thought you said that nigga was going to dance. You didn't tell me he was going to dance in my face. George fell, they started counting seven, eight. George said, fuck that, get to 10. <laughs> Damn, if I'm gonna get up. <laughs> A nigga never starring my ass over here. <laughs> I know there's just one nigga Ollie hate to fight, right? Out of all the niggas, Joe Frazier, right? Because Joe make a motherfucker work. I mean, Joe will not fall down for Ollie. <laughs> I mean, any other motherfucker can knock Joe all around. Joe ain't gonna fall for Ollie. <laughs> Ollie be talking about, get off me, motherfucker. God damn, nigga, shit. <laughs> Joe, one motherfucker, I was glad he kicked his ass, Jack. Oh, Jerry Quarry. Yeah. Oh, Jerry Quarry just loved to get beat up by niggas. He <laughs> said, Jerry, you fighting a black man? Oh, oh, oh. And Joe Lewis was the referee. That was beautiful, Jack. Joe Lewis got even after all them years. <laughs> he was waiting for another chance to beat up a white boy. Because <laughs> he said, break it up, Joe, he's killing him. Joe looked in and said, oh shit, he okay, go, go ahead. <laughs> shit, that's the nigga they should pardon. Joe Lewis, pardon him from all them taxes. Shit, pardon Nixon, you can pardon any motherfucker. <laughs> you white folks write a letter in, you can get that done. Because <laughs> they don't open our mail. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in a nigger pile, it's fine. <laughs> I cannot swim. Anybody else can't swim? See, there ain't many of us left. Most of us have drowned. 
I'm not bullshit, man. I was fucking with my kids, and I usually be in the shallow part, you know, just fucking around. And one time I fucked around and forgot and jumped in the deep end. And water has a way of bringing your memory back to you real quick. And all I could think of when I was talking about edge, get me to the edge. Lord, the edge. I was swimming in one spot. I'm making a whole lot of water and shit fall out of the pool, but I wasn't moving nowhere, Jack. My kids were talking about, kick your legs, daddy, kick your legs. I said, edge. And my kids was laughing at my ass. I was drowning, they thought that was funny. They laughed when I had a heart attack, they laughed. I was in the front yard, they went, ha, ha, ha. Said, daddy, so funny. Look, he turning blue. I had to threaten to cut their allowance off to get them to call me an ambulance. <laughs> My son said, oh shit, dad's serious. Don't more fuck with the money. Anybody here ever had a heart attack? No, motherfucker never admit they had a heart attack, right? People, no, sir, I never did. I had indigestion one time. That motherfucker's hype. I don't care what nobody tell your ass, boy. I was walking in the yard and some say, don't breathe no more. I said, huh? I said, don't breathe no motherfucking more. You heard me. Okay, I won't breathe, I won't breathe, I won't breathe. And I tried to ease a little air inside of my mouth. And I said, say, motherfucker, did I tell you not to breathe? <laughs> you, you told me not to breathe, you told me not to breathe. Well, where you going? Why are you walking? Stand still, motherfucker. Okay, I'll stand still. Get your ass down. Okay, I'm down, I'm down. Don't hurt me, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Shut the fuck up. You think about dying, now. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you think about that when you was eating that pork, motherfucker? I don't know. <laughs> Drinking that whiskey and snorting that cocaine, nigga. I didn't think about, I didn't think about. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I didn't shut up, I shut up. You ain't shut up yet. <laughs> That's when you put an emergency call in to God. Please, this is emergency. Can I talk to God? I'll have to put you on hold. And your heart gets mad if it finds out you was going behind his back trying to talk to God. Was you trying to talk to God? No, I wasn't. You was a lying motherfucker. Was <laughs> I woke up in the ambulance and I was looking at nothing but white people staring down at me. I said, oh God. I done fucked around, wind up in the wrong motherfucking heaven. <laughs> so now I got to listen to Lawrence Welk the rest of my days. But they worked on my ass, man. They saved me, man. You know, they say, though, you can save people like you see them with mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. I don't know. Because if I'm walking down the street and I see a motherfucker laid out like and slobber and shit hanging out their mouth. They ain't gonna make it. You know what I mean? I say, hey, bro, I don't think you gonna make it. Unless you can get somebody to wipe that shit off your mouth. Cause you could be giving somebody mouth to mouth and death ease into your lungs. And death don't give a fuck where it go and you get two for one, that's a good day. 
Cause you can't fuck around with that boy. That's to take you away and forget it. Unless you John Wayne or somebody can kick Death's ass. Right, John Wayne kicked Death's ass twice. Right, the motherfucker had cancer, kicked Death's ass, open heart surgery. John Wayne just said, get the fuck out of here, Death. the hospital, I hope you never do, carry a small bottle of piss with you. Because you cannot pee when they ask you to in the hospital. You ever tried to fill that up? Can you turn some water on or something? You ever try to piss in them bottles? There's something too clean about pissing in them bottles, your dick don't want to do it. I mean, your dick will look at it and say, why I got to piss in this? Oh, well, I ain't going to do it. You take me over to the toilet where I used to piss. I don't want to piss in this thing. Say, man, piss, please. I'll never be able to leave here if you don't piss. Well, I don't care. That's glass. I could catch something. You don't know who pissed in this. Right, and finally, if you do start, you can't stop, right? I mean, nurse, I need another bottle quick. so nonchalant with your piss in the hospital. Don't think you'll be doing it. your piss, thank you. I couldn't grab nobody's piss like that. I'd have to have some prongs and shit. All right, I'm going to get the piss now. I'll clear the hallway. Okay, I got the piss. I'm coming through. That man there doesn't have the authority to be here. Back off, goddammit. And then they put you in intensive care. They put you in the room and hook your shit up with wires and shit. You'd be looking like Frankenstein laying there. Tubes and shit be all in your nose. You get to watch your life beep away. <laughs> like you'd be a machine. If you hear, cancel Christmas. One morning I woke up, I heard, I said, ah! hospital man and an old man died while I was in there old man about 97 well fuck it you might want it to be 98 but he died and he was in room 24 I was in 25 he died man, I could die dead and I said to myself I said God no mathematics after 24 come 25 and I heard the nurses and shit talking shit like, didn't you check on him? Well, he was all right two days ago. Oh, hmm. Well, if you don't say nothing, I won't say nothing. And I said, a motherfucker can die here for real and nobody give a fuck. I start tearing tubes and shit out my arm. I was trying to get out of the hospital and that dimmer all be fucking with you, right? Nurse say, you can't leave. You lying, motherfucker. I'm going outside and die in the gutter where somebody can find my ass. I snorted cocaine for about 15 years with my dumb ass. I must have snorted up Peru. 
I could have bought Peru all the shit I started. Could have just gave him the money up front and had me a piece of property. <laughs> I started off snorting little tiny pinches. Said, I know I ain't gonna get hooked. Not on no coke, you can't get hooked. My friends have been snorting 15 years, they ain't hooked. I was snorting a little teeny, didn't even make noise. Coke etiquette, Jack. Pass the album, please. No more for me. Six months later. <laughs> licking the album shit. <laughs> Trying to get a freeze. <laughs> Somebody told me you put it on your dick, you could fuck all night. Right? Shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> my dick had a Jones. <laughs> $600 a day just to get my dick hard. <laughs> and you get weird sexual fantasies too when you be on go. Just think of some weird, baby, I got a great idea. I want you to go out on the roof. I'm gonna run around the house three times. On the third time, I want you to jump off on my face. <laughs> Got a witness. <laughs> Them niggas pointing at each other. <laughs> niggas will not admit to giving up no head. <laughs> Not yet, even then, uh-uh, no, nah. Not the kid, uh-uh, no. Nah. Nah, I ain't no termite, mm-mm, no. Be lying their ass off. Right, and black women like head, but they won't kiss you afterward, right? No, 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 it's bad for your teeth, no. It's better to give than receive. <laughs> and dudes be trying to talk a lot of shit on cocaine too, right? Be thinking they making plenty of sense. Don't be saying shit. I be uh, shit. I Nixon shit. Remember my shit, goddamn. <laughs> and the pimps get psychotic when they get high. <laughs> Them motherfuckers get all the moves together, right? Shit, I'm down in it. I got a little girl. You know what I mean? I'm running. Uh, now the men scream on me and say, I'm doing the man, you know? I got five hundred, you know? Somebody like the man, I got anything on. I'm trying to work on the line, you know? I'm on the, over in the gun, yeah? So nigga, this is men scream on me, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna hold the men. I ain't holding the motherfucking man, you know? So I'm gonna do it, huh? Ha, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, huh? Yeah, I'm ready for Freddy, you know what I mean? Right now. Niggas be holding them dicks too, Jack. <laughs> White people go, why do you guys hold your things? <laughs> so you done took everything else, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga be checking. <laughs> you can't tell nobody not to snort no coke, cause motherfuckers gonna snort anyway. It took me a long time to learn, that shit kill you. Man, but the big booger came out of my nose, scared the shit out of me. That motherfucking black one this long. I said, God damn. Lord, please, I'll quit, please. Just, just let it stop. 
Pryor won a Primetime Emmy Award and five Grammy Awards throughout his comic and acting career. Uh, he also received the very first Kennedy Center Mark Twain Prize for American Humor in 1998. I used to have a copy of this special because it aired on Comedy Central. Um, and it's been, uh, it was never made available commercially to buy. Um, and if you get the chance, it's really, really tough to find. But check into it because Robin Williams goes on stage and there is a a um, history there between Robin and Pryor and about how much time they spent together both as comics and as um, um, party people, shall we say. Uh, it's it's really cool. Robin goes on stage and does a, an amazing tribute to Pryor and what he did for the world of comedy. Uh, and that took place in 98. He also won the Writers Guild of America Award in 1974, listed at number one, and it's tough to argue with that, Comedy Central's list of all-time greatest stand-up comedians. And in 2017, Rolling Stone even ranked him first on its list of the 50 best stand-up comedy of all time. Richard Pryor is the reason that comedy exists today and will be the reason that comedy exists in the future. Every black comic, every white comic, every Asian comic, female comic, uh, foreign comic, um, the the ones that came along that, you know, maybe were a little bit uh, too raw for mainstream America and they got sectioned off to Netflix or what have you, um, has Richard Richard Pryor to thank for their career. Richard Pryor, I remember being in high school listening to Richard Pryor tapes on my Walkman on the bus and people making fun of me for it. I did the same with Sam Kinison, you know, did the same with Carlin. I got made fun of for listening to stand-up comedy tapes in the bus on my Walkman in the late 90s. You know, everybody else was listening to whatever the popular music was at the time and I'm sitting there listening to jokes. <laughs> That's what I was doing. But you know what? It was all worth it because looking back now, man, those are times of my life I would not want to, uh, I, I wouldn't, um, I, I would absolutely love to relive and go back over all over again if uh, given the opportunity without any consequences. You know what I'm saying? Those were good times and not just my life, but in the world as well. Man, have things changed. They just don't make them like Richard Pryor anymore. All right, getting back into the show now. More from the man who is considered the greatest stand-up comedian of all time. This is Richard Pryor, brought to you in part by Crumbly Comedy for the First Amendment comedy series on Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show online only edition don't you go anywhere we'll be right back after this i remember i did something brave once i think i worked at a mafia club in youngstown ohio right and i didn't know nothing about the mafia because to me like my father was the baddest motherfucker i ever met because my father could do something in the winter time few human beings could do he could go out and lift the hood up on the car and put his hands under there and do some shit. And it'd be cold. I said, this is a bad motherfucker. My dad is a motherfucker. So mafia didn't mean shit to me. And we worked and they wasn't gonna pay us. I worked with a lady named Satin Dow, a black dad. I think Duke Ellington had written a tune about her. She was beautiful, man. She was 60 then. No, but she was fine. Lean on and have shit on her, man. She, 
She was crying. I said, what's the matter? She said, they're not going to pay us. I said, not going to pay who? <laughs> oh, motherfucker going to pay me? I know I was raised better than that shit. And I had a blank pistol. Now dig how ignorant I was. I was 19, man. I didn't know I had a blank cap pistol. I bust in the office. You motherfuckers, get off the money. Doing my best black shit, you know. Cause that usually scared the average white motherfucker, you know. You know how it is when you do something and the motherfucker just don't, you can feel there's something wrong and you got the gun and you're saying there's something wrong. There's some look missing in this motherfucker's face. You know, and I'm sure that them men are still there today, laughing. Cause he started laughing, he just looked at him and went, ah, this fucking kid, hey, come here, come here. Hey, wait a minute, come here, hey, Tony. Wait a minute, come here, do it again, Rich, put the gun up. Hey, Tony, stick up, Come here, you fucking kid, come here. Like, Ah, there's a pair of gooseys on him. Ah, oh, you fucking kid. Ah, fucking stick up. Ah, come here, you fucking kid. Ah, Tony, was you scared? Ah, what a pair of zingies. Ah, fucking. They always say some shit you don't know what it is. You got a pair of things. Ah, come here. Hey, pay everybody off. Hey, hey, look. Hey, pay them off, okay? This fucking kid. Ah, you fucking kid. They always want to be grabbing you. Come Damn that fucking kid, uh, grabbing your face. No, 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 Come here. Hey, you want something to eat? And they let everybody go, but they made me stay. I was sort of like a pet. And the motherfucker kept trying to feed me shit. Hey, you want a little strudy? Hey, Paolo, fix up some frona, okay? Sprinkle a little steeny on it. Fry it up. They like fried foods, okay? Fucking kid, huh? come here. <laughs> hey, Bilo, yeah, get him a zine, man. Huh? Just look at the field, fucking kid, huh? <laughs> and that's some goosies, huh? <laughs> and then they start telling mafia stories. And mafia stories consist of motherfuckers that died funny, that they killed. And if you ain't killed nothing bigger than a cockroach, that shit started worrying you after a while. I said, these motherfuckers are serious. He said, let me tell you, man. Hey, remember, hey, Paolo, remember me? I had to make my bones right here. This fucker, me. What was his name? What, Johnny Salami. We had to go to Cleveland, the Cabuzo Brothers. Remember they had the funeral parlor? You carry, we bury. This fucking kid, come here. So I'm going, I'm going to make this fucking here, this fucking Teamster Big Mouth, you know, hurt a lot of people. So we go up, ice picks my thing, right? So we're going to show him a nice fucking time, right? We're driving around, taking fucking bowling. Who is it? Come on, tell him I call him back. Tell him it's a fucking stick up. So... We take him to a fucking motel. We tell him we got a couple of bras. We got shit for him, we got, right? 
this fucking cocksucker, right? So we're hanging around. He's drinking. He drops his fucking drink, right? So now I say, now pop the cocksucker, right? So I'm sticking him with this fucking ice pick, right? And I'm sticking blood fucking squirting every which way. And I'm going, and he's, oh, God, don't kill me. Oh, God, don't shut up, you guinea cocksucker, right? I'm stabbing this brick, you know what I mean? And the fucking ice pick breaks. Hey, Johnny, I said, Johnny Salami, what the fuck do I do now? I'm standing there with a piece of wood in my hand, you know what I mean? Johnny Salami said, wait till it melts, asshole. Fucking kid, come here, come here. There's Johnny Salami, he strangled the guy. He's like, he's strangled, I stick, you know. What's the matter, Rich? You know, feels so good. Hey, get him a little bikini, okay? I'm losing you up, son. Don't worry about it, kid. I like you. I like this fucking kid. You want us to give you a ride home? Ah! Since I've been in show business and I got some money, I bought a house. You know, first house I ever had. And them motherfuckers, boy, they can kill you. Everything be $500 when they come to your house. What do you want? It's five hundred dollars. I said, I ain't told you one. I don't give a fuck. It's five hundred. I got these little dogs. They're supposed to be for protection, and they don't watch shit but the dinner plate. But two malmutes. A friend gave me two malmutes. They're beautiful, intelligent dogs, right? Because they be reading a dog food can and shit. Alpo, no meat byproduct, no soybean. Yeah, this will be fine. Rich, fix this up for us, will you? Could we have a little wine with that, please? And they see a burglar, they lick a burglar in the ass. <laughs> a burglar. <laughs> so I bought a Doberman Pinscher, one of them bad motherfuckers, right? Somebody stole him. That's how bad that motherfucker was. And I got him from a dog home, you know, and somebody had abused the motherfucker because every time I talked to him, he'd freak. You know, I said, hey, champ. <laughs> man, don't do that. You're fucking with my head, man. I can't take it, Rich. It's a real downer, man. I just can't dig it. Can't you slide a note under my paw or something? You're fucking with me, man. I can't dig it, man. They get good, though, when they get older. Like, you can't stare at a Doberman. Like, most dogs, you can stare them down. You know, look at them, they go, <laughs> You stare at a Doberman too long, they go, <sighs> I don't play that shit. And then they show you their teeth, right? <sighs> look like I'm smiling, motherfucker. I'm about to get off in your ass. <laughs> Only thing about Dobermans, though, they let burglars come into your house, right? I mean, they say, burglar, come on in, come on, yeah, come on in. How you doing? You looking for shit? Come on in the bedroom, let me show you. Come on, look under the bed, get the jewelry. Yeah, right there in that box. Yeah, you gotta come on in the kitchen, let me show you silverware. Come on, come on, now hurry up, get it, yeah, there it is. And then the burglar hit the door, that's when the motherfucker turned into the exorcist. <laughs> right, guys? I want to play. And when you come home, that's the way you find that burglar right now. Help me. Please help me. Motherfucker sound like the fly. Help me. The dog is going to eat my asshole out. <laughs> they be serious, Jack. You got to have pets and shit to help you out. You know, I got a horse. He helps. He makes the grass grow. 
no, I got a miniature Hearts about this big. And the man helped me produce my TV shows. Bert Sugarman gave me this horse instead of money. <laughs> and the horse don't do nothing but eat and shit. And horses be weird. They shit while they walk. They're not going to be... And steam be coming off a of horse shit, Jack. I mean, horses got some terrible shit. Right? Flies don't even want to fuck with horse shit. Right? Fly be coming out. I know why things grow from horse shit. <laughs> they be trying to get the air. And I remember the first time that the dog saw the horse, they thought it was another dog, you know? And my cousin had a, a great Dane was staying with her. And they said, hey, look, come on, look over there. There's another dog. Come on, guys, let's say hello. And they run over there. And that smell hit their ass, right? They said, hey, that ain't no goddamn dog. Do you smell that shit? Ain't no dog in the world shit like that, Jack. Great Dane said, I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna fuck it. Come back and say, can't fuck it. <laughs> Malm, you'd say, well, let's eat the bitch. <laughs> I had to beat him off with a cue stick. And I said, like, get the fuck off the motherfucker. Get out, leave the horse alone, motherfucker. They got even with my ass, too. Because I was walking with all three of the dogs in the front yard, and I heard one of them say to the other one, let's fuck him. <laughs> say, man, what the fuck? Get down, motherfucker. Say, help! And dogs, like, if you make them stop fucking, they just go fuck air, don't they? I love to see them get locked up. <laughs> motherfucker don't know which way to go, Jack. But whichever way the bitch dog go, that motherfucker got to follow. <laughs> Boy, we laugh our ass off. And some old lady go out and throw hot water on that motherfucker. That would split them up. I always thought women should have pussies that do that for rapists. Cause that's some vile shit to take somebody's humanity. <laughs> you know what I mean? You ought to be able to lock your pussy up at least. <laughs> Just have a pussy go. <laughs> okay, we're going to jail. Come on. Come, come here, sir. Come on. I thought about saying, now listen, should I talk about freebasing what is or something? And people say. Well, no, because then people start doing it. No, let me, I gotta talk about what happened to me on freebasing. Freebasing, I freebase about eight months straight. <laughs> My bitch left me, I went crazy. But I fell in love with this pipe. This pipe controlled my very being. This mother say, don't answer the phone. We have smoking to do. All the pipe is talking about, now come on. Don't put me down anywhere where I might fall. Cause it's two in the morning and it's hard to get one of me. And when I first did it, I knew it was gonna fuck me up, but I had to do it. Stuff just had to be hip. This mother said, 
You ever tried this rich? This is a motherfucker say he gonna string me out. This is a dope dealer that need me to get hooked so he can get some free bass. You know what I mean? This dude, he just used to snort a little coke like this going. I saw him and he's, I said, what's wrong with you? This motherfucker was talking about, I remember free bass. I say, what? Free bass. He told me he saw Jesus. I say, well, okay. And he said, you do it in women to do it. And that's how he got me. Women will fuck. So give something to your old lady, she'll fuck. I should have known if it's my old lady, naturally she gonna fuck. I forgot. I thought I was tricking somebody that was giving me pussy. It started out innocently enough. You know, every now and then, little bass, no, 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 that's what he said, no, nah, I don't want no bass, fuck it, nah. Then pretty soon, I noticed I wasn't walking as far away from the pipe as I used to. It's cause I used to walk, I put the pipe and I go, ah, fuck, hey, I'd be all out in here and shit. Then motherfuckers that you used to share with you go, hey, ain't you got none of your own shit? I was out one night and we was doing it and a woman said, the fire doesn't last long enough. And we kept trying to get it. I said, what kind of fire do you want? And the dude said, the kind that lasts forever. <laughs> I'm just telling you about a junkie. I was, and I didn't know it. I kept saying, I can quit any time I want to. Finally, one day myself said, when? <laughs> I said, I thought you liked me. You're gonna ask me that. And I don't give a fuck when you're a junkie. You will not admit it. You will find excuses to smoke or shoot up or something. You'll be, hey, look. Richie gotta go to work. Hey, I don't like the way you said that. <laughs> fuck it, I ain't going to motherfucking work. And you go in the room, you lay down and say, you understand, don't you? Then after a while, you start sneaking around. Cause I, I have parents, I did at this time. My aunties and shit were still alive and they loved me, but they wouldn't say nothing to me that was like obvious. They, should, they say shit like, oh, you a chemist, huh, son? <laughs> no, can you move that so we can fix the greens? No, baby, you ain't no junk. No, Lord. Mm -mm. And it's weird because nobody can talk you out of doing shit when you done made up your mind to hurt yourself. Right? Because, like, I'm talking about base nine, and some people going, Yeah, I got to get home to get my shit. Because <laughs> I would be out and think of an excuse to get home. I would be at the bank cashing a check, and the mother say, We have to certify. Never mind. Fuck <laughs> it. I go in the car, I be no. And the pilot say, you know you're right. <laughs> so, then it get desperate. When the shit get gloomy, when you've been in the room four weeks, 
and Jim Brown have to visit. And Jim, of all my friends who came in and said, don't do that, but give me a hit. <laughs> my friends, they tried. Listen, I was doing so much, I embarrassed cocaine dealers. They would say, Richard, man, God damn. Oh, man, come on, shit, look. Mm, why don't you just snort the shit? Man. I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just snort it. I just... Well, how much you want? A kilo. <laughs> Just for the weekend. So Jim got wind of the shit. He come in the house, and I get scared when I hear him come in the driveway. The bell rang, go, and say, who is it? Jim Brown. Oh, shit. Not the physical, just the mental. You know, because he loved me. I know this mother ain't going for this. So I'm sitting, I'm gonna show off him. I'm gonna do it in front of him, fuck it. <laughs> Jim come in and say, you wanna go roller skating? <laughs> Where the bathroom? I said, wait, you want some? No. What is it? Free bass. What's free about it? Now, wait, Jim was cold. Jim said, What you gonna do? I said, What? Nothing, man. I ain't going nowhere tonight. No, I mean, what you gonna do? About what? About that. See, you ain't no movie star to me, motherfucker. <laughs> All these other fools come in there, but I ain't scared of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> what you gonna do? What you mean, yeah? You gonna go to the hospital with me and get well or what? Why is everybody trying to rule my life? Don't put you down for lifting weights. <laughs> Fuck all that. What you gonna do? <laughs> and Jim said, "Well, I guess you don't want me for a friend, huh?" So I guess you don't want me for a friend, motherfucker. If I can't tell you nothing, fuck it. I don't want to see you destroy yourself. And last night, something happened that made me think about why it's so weird for me. Motherfucker, we were signifying, and motherfucker said, well, what about that burnt neck? <laughs> and I never thought about, because nobody had ever said nothing. Cause I thought I was the only one that noticed I was burned up. Cause my mother just looked like say, that was a strange tattoo. But this motherfucker said, it burnt up, motherfucker. And hair growing on it. Was you burnt? I mean, you know, real signifying. I don't know, like, there's so many like white people here. 
White people never came to see me till I burn up. I gotta tell you how I burn up, okay? I know y'all say, okay, come on, tell us how you You promise not to tell? See, I don't want this shit in National Enquirer. Because, like, everybody know how I burn up in Neymar. Everybody say, you know, either, yeah. Have you ever heard of a motherfucker burning up Freebasin? Other than me? Now, wait a minute. Nobody else burn up Freebasin. Why do you think it happened to me? I did not burn up Freebasin. I burn up because I quit Freebasin. I lit my arm accidentally. Now here's how I really burn up. Now everybody know, my friends really know how it happened, okay? Usually before I go to bed, I have a little milk and cookies. No, I do, and one night I had that low fat milk and that pasteurized shit, and I dipped my cookie in and the shit blew up. It scared the shit out of me. Not the blowing up, but it caught on fire. And you know what? It is weird to catch on fire. I don't know if anybody else in here, you ever been just burn up? It is weird because you go, hey, I'm not in the fireplace. I am fucking burning up. Catching on fire is inspiring. They should use it for the Olympics. Cause I did the 100 yard dash in about four or six in the underbrush. And you know something I noticed? When you run down the street on fire, People will move out of your way. Right, they don't fuck around. They get the fuck out your way. Except for one old drunk, right? He was going, hey buddy, can we go like? Come on pal, just slow up, okay? Just a little off the sleeve, what is that? And I got to the hospital. You can really tell when you fucked up when the doctor go, Holy shit. Why don't we just get some coleslaw and serve this up? What is that? I was in the hospital. I had tubes and shit in my nose. IV in my arm. Steam was coming off my body. Brother come in, want an autograph. Come on. Hey, Rich. Hey, bro, 
Say, Red, how about this last autograph? But I thank God. I do, I say, thank you, God, for not burning my dick. people, a lot of people, strange people said, God was punishing you. No. If God wanted to punish my ass, he would have burnt my dick. When the fire hit, my dick went to work. My dick said, emergency! Piss, come, do something! Don't let the fire get to the balls! My chest was hollering, help! And my dick said, fuck you, go for yourself! Spit! I'm protecting the balls! You know in the hospital, you can tell when you're fucked up, when your dick don't want to move. Your dick said, just let me lay someplace. I, no, don't move me, I don't cry. You sick in the motherfucker, Jack. You... I mean, nurses sit all on your face to give you the temperature, right? Time into temperature, Mr. Pryor. Come on. Pussy, I don't know. I remember the first day my dick got hard. Motherfucker sound like Al Jarreau in the wind. Like the doctors are amazing, but there was a brother that works with the uh, burn people. People that work with burn people amaze me. He goes, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, really, because they work with people be fucked up. And this man was great. His name was Larry Murphy. And he used to put me in these tanks where they have to wash you off. You know, because the first three days, your skin don't feel shit. So you, you feel like, it's fine. And Jim Brown was there with me every day, man. And it was like, I got strength off of Jim because Jim never gets hurt. <laughs> I mean, just fire jumped on Jim once. He said, hey. <laughs> but this guy, Larry Murphy, would come in, kept talking to me every day. He said, now we're going to wash you pretty soon. You know, we're going to put you in the tub. I said, yeah, man, come on. Goddamn, yeah, in the tub. And we're going to wash you. You know it's going to be? I said, yeah, motherfucker, in the tub. You're going to wash. What is you talking? Every day, what in the fuck? I said, this motherfucker weird. He come in talking shit. And he come in and I said, motherfucker, put me in the tub. I don't want to hear this shit no more. Just wash my ass, please. I'm going to gym. What the fuck is he talking about, Jim? You think he's kind of... Um... So they put me in this tub. He said, how do you feel? Is it nice? And I said, yeah, it's water, motherfucker. A few chemicals in it. I said, yeah. He said, here, feel that. I said, what is it? It's a sponge. It's a sponge, motherfucker. Why you wash my ass? So I just want you to feel it. I should have known. So it's a sponge, right? A sponge. I said, yeah, motherfucker, wash my ass. Motherfucker said, Phew. I said, don't. Motherfucker said, I gotta wash you. I said, no, you don't. But just let me get to no, don't touch it. Just your finger, fuck you. No. Don't touch another motherfucking thing on me. I'm getting up, I'm gonna walk out this motherfucker now. 
I don't care if I do die. But you ain't gonna touch me with that motherfucking sponge no more. Please don't touch me with that sponge no more. <laughs> that shit was funny now. <laughs> it's nice to be able to laugh later. Because I was watching TV, man. I was all bandaged up, and they said I was going to die. They said, Richard Pryor died five minutes ago. No! No, no, no! (laughs) But I thank y'all for all the love you sent me. I mean that sincerely. Y'all did some nasty shit on my ass, too. Oh, I saw some of the jokes y'all was doing while I was fucked up. Since you love me so much. Remember, this motherfucker take the match in you. I'm like, what's that? Richard Pryor running down the street. <laughs> I love y'all, too. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for checking into the First Amendment comedy series right here on Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show, brought to you in part by Crumbly Comedy. Uh, they got an awesome show going on December 13th, downtown Toledo at Ernest Brew Works. Wesley Ward from Detroit, Madison Thomas from New Orleans. Part of the comedy showcase, $15 online, $20 at the door, claptix.com. That's C-L-A-P-T-I-X.com is where you can get your tickets. Also, uh, if, if you want to wait to get them at the door, you can. They're $20 at the door. But I'm going to tell you, you want to get them early and get them often because this show, from what I hear, is right on the verge, right on the verge of selling out. Get your tickets now. $15 online. December 13th is when it's taking place. And uh, doors open at 7. Show starts at 8. Be there. Claptix.com. Brought to you in part. Well, brought to you by Crumbly Comedy for that in. And this special, this series has been brought to you in part by the folks there as well at crumbly comedy randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show is a production of randomosity podcast llc copyright 2022 or i'm sorry copyright 2023 good lord 2023 2024 no portion of this program may be rebroadcast retransmitted or reproduced without the express written consent of randomosity podcast llc and this station we want to remind everybody that randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show is up once again for best radio show and best podcast you can vote every day once a day between now and december 15th at 11:59 p.m at toledo city paper.com you just pull that up it's a little section there a little icon click on best of toledo you're going to go to the media section and then you'll find us under best radio show best podcast just click on that and every day you can go back and vote once a day every day until december 15th well folks if i don't talk to you beforehand you have a very merry christmas happy holidays uh whatever holiday it is that you may celebrate even if you don't uh celebrate any Anything, and you just uh, sit back and you know drink <laughs> be safe call a cab if you need to you know what I'm saying and also folks have a very happy new year my name is Dr. J Thomas this is randomosity Toledo's only vinyl radio show and ladies and gentlemen the doctor has left the office see ya in 2024 this is randomosity
Toledo's only vinyl radio show. Radio show. Radio show.